The following audio is from Story City Church in Burbank, California. Thank you for listening. For more information on Story City, you can find us online at storycitychurch.com or on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Story City Church. Good morning, church. Talking, <laughs> we are talking about light, and these lights are bright. It is so good to be here with you guys this morning. I am extremely humbled uh, to be in front of you this morning. Um, it's actually kind of funny to think of being here when our youth ministry, we, now we meet outside, but we used to be facing this direction, and there'd be dodgeballs flying all over the place. Unfortunately, we can't do that at this moment. But if it's your first time here, my name is Chris Revel. I'm the director of family ministry here at Story City Church. If you're wondering what that means, it means that I have the absolute honor of leading our youth ministry, Atlas. Little, thank you. We meet on Wednesday nights here from 6 to 7.30. Would love for you to join us. And I also have the privilege of leading alongside Laura Hood, who is our director of kids ministry. She does an incredible job over there. So if you're joining us for the first time here this morning, or maybe you're newer and you're just still kind of trying to get plugged in, we want you to know that we exist as a church family to lead communities into healthy relationships with Jesus and each other. Over the last number of weeks, we've been in in the Sermon on the Mount, right, that starts in Matthew chapter 5, but it actually continues through chapter 6 and chapter 7 as well. Pastor Jared started us on a the first portion of the sermon after the Beatitudes last week, he talked about salt and that you are only the salt of the earth if you're an apprentice of Jesus. We're gonna continue building on that today in verses 14 through 16. I believe that Jesus said everything that he did, right? He did everything that he did in his life here on earth for a purpose, right? That he did, there was no Like, oh, I'm going to do this, do that. No, there was a purpose. There was a reason he did everything that he did. I believe there's a reason that salt comes before light. One commentary on this passage puts it this way. Salt operates internally, interacting with what it comes into contact with, while light operates externally, illuminating everything that it reaches. Scripture constantly emphasizes what a Christian is before it talks about what they do. The first focus is on who we are, not what we're out there doing. So let's jump right in, all right? I'm gonna go ahead, I know it's a little bit dangerous, but I'm gonna go ahead and assume, right, that everyone here knows what light is. Right, not only do we know what it is, but we experience it pretty much every single day. So if I was going to ask you, what is light, and define it for me, what would you say? Brightness. Brightness, all right? A quick Google search, all right, and I want you to listen carefully. You might miss this, all right? The definition that you get is light is electromagnetic radiation within the portion of the electromagnetic spectrum that can be perceived by the human eye. (laughs) I'll say it again for you one more time. Light is the electromagnetic radiation within the portion of the electromagnetic spectrum that can be perceived by the human eye. 
How great is that definition? <laughs> right? When I read that, my first thought was that I don't know what light is. I have absolutely no clue. So, and I'm just going to say, there's probably two or three of us here that probably came up with that definition off the top of your head. You were like, oh, yeah, that's, that's exactly what it is. For the rest of us, thanks to Google, we now know exactly what light is. But the question now is, what does light do? Here are a few things from the scientific perspective that light does. Light expands and radiates in all directions, right? Think of a light bulb, or if you threw a rock in some water and the waves that went out from that rock. It bends around corners, it carries energy and momentum. And before we keep going, that's the end of the science lesson today. We're not going to continue down that road. But to think of this in more familiar terminology, Dr. Lloyd-Jones in his commentary on the Sermon on the Mount says this, light exposes darkness and what belongs to the darkness. Light shows the cause of the darkness and light can show and provide the way out of that darkness. So three things, light exposes, light identifies, and light guides. Light exposes, light identifies, and light guides. Throughout the rest of our time this morning, that is the lens in which I want you to think about what we're really diving into in verses 14 through 16. Remember not only what light is, but what light does. Jesus starts verse 14 the exact way he starts verse 13. He starts with the you. This you is not focused solely on the Jesus' disciples or the early Christians, right? The you is referring specifically to the apprentices of Jesus. This you extends to all Christians and anyone who wants to follow Jesus. So Jesus tells us that we are the light of the world. If you're taking notes, this is our first observation for today. As apprentices of Jesus, we are the light of the world because we belong to Jesus, the true light of the world. We're the light of the world because we belong to Jesus, the true light of the world. We can't look at this statement, you are the light of the world, without pairing it with Jesus telling us that he is the light of the world, right? Jesus is the light that is in us. Dr. Lloyd-Jones said it this way, not only have we received light, we have been made light, we have become transmitters of light. Light is extremely important. If you didn't have light, what would your life look like? What would your day-to-day -day look like without light? Think of our Sunday service. If we didn't have these lights, which I'm struggling to see some of the people in the back, or if it was pitch black outside, it would be a little bit weird showing up here on a Sunday. People would be like, what, what is wrong with these people? What is going on? Right? It would be weird if light was not there. How many of you have ever walked into just a room that's just pitch black and you've either thought to yourself or you've told the person that you have with you because you were scared to walk in there alone, hey, just give it a couple seconds, like your light, your eyes will adjust to the room and you'll actually be able to see in the dark. Did you know that in order for your eyes to actually adjust to what's going on in that room, there actually has to be the slightest or the smallest amount of light somewhere in that room? Because if it was complete darkness, your eyes would never adjust. 
So it does not take an extreme amount of light to expose darkness. Dr. Jones says it this way when referring to the Christian in darkness. He says, there is a sense in which we are not truly aware of the darkness until light actually appears. There's a sense in which we are not truly aware of the darkness until light appears. There are times as Christians, right, that we wonder why somebody living in darkness can continue to do that. How can they continue to go down this road and make these decisions like they're putting themselves in this position constantly? But the truth is that they may have no idea that there's anything different than the darkness that they're actually living in. In John 12, 46, Jesus tells us that he came into the world as light so that whoever believes in him may not remain in darkness. In the same way, Jesus Sorry, in the same way, Jesus came so that those who believe may not remain in darkness. Those who believe, those who belong to him, who is the light of the world, should have hearts that break for those living in darkness and want them to experience Jesus and the freedom that comes from that darkness being exposed in whatever area of their life that that may be. If you're taking notes, this is our second observation for today. As apprentices of Jesus, we are a beacon for our family, the community, and the world. Jesus' reference to the city on a hill, and then verse 15, to putting light on a lampstand to be, or sorry, to to put light on the lampstand to give light to the whole house is to explain that light, right, Jesus, this light is truly a light for the entire world. It's not just for you, it's not just for me, but it's for the entire world. If we go back to Jesus' teaching on this sermon and putting ourselves where these disciples and other people listening are, are hearing him speak, this crowd would have known exactly what Jesus was talking about, this reference that he is giving. These types of cities, these cities on a hill were all over the place in Israel. Right, So they, most likely, sitting where they were, could have looked to their right or to their left and seen a visual rep- representation of what exactly Jesus is trying to give them a picture of. I was going to take a few seconds and give you guys some characteristics of what a beacon is, but unfortunately, the good old Google search, when you look up beacon, The only thing, and I mean the only thing, like first two pages that comes up on Google is Minecraft. (laughs) That's it, right? For, For the parents that have kids that play Minecraft, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And that may be parents that are playing Minecraft that also know what we're talking about. For those who are wondering, Minecraft is a game, right, where you can kind of build your own cities, all this different type stuff. But what I want you to think of when you hear beacon, I want you to think of something like a lighthouse. What usually comes to mind when thinking about a beacon or a lighthouse is something used for guidance. It's a symbol of hope that land is near. It can be a navigational beacon that helps you figure out where you are and help you find and get to the certain destination you're trying to get to. As the light of the world The light we transmit exposes darkness to people we come into contact with. 
in our communities, in the rest of the world around us. Not only are we the light of the world, but to use Dr. Jones's words, we are transmitting light that cannot be hidden. We are beacons of light. As transmitters of light, people should see not just light, but they should see beacons of grace, of kindness, of compassion, of forgiveness, humility, selflessness, love, beacons of unity. The overflow of our relationship with Jesus should be seen and will be seen as different because it's countercultural to everything else that we're being told. And here's the thing, it's not because of anything that we are doing. Not one thing, but because Jesus, who is the light, the truth, will be seen in every part of our life. If you've noticed over the last few months, or maybe you've been here the last few weeks, we say something at the end of the service that says, go and be the church. There's a few reasons we do that. But one of those reasons is to say, go and be the light, right? It's not just this catchy phrase that's like, oh, hey, how can we throw this out there and be like, oh, this is a great one-liner to end. That, that's not what it is, right? There's a purpose for us saying this. Unfortunately, this last week when really trying to dive into the scripture and study and pray through what the Holy Spirit wanted me to share this morning is I, I believe, unfortunately, that the church as a whole, and I'm not just saying Story City Church, but I'm saying the church as a whole has gotten very comfortable with talking about darkness and brokenness in our communities, in our nations, and around the world. We've gotten really comfortable with it, but it's ended there. Don't get me wrong, please. These conversations are great to have. They're important to have. But it's imperative for us as the church that we let the light of Jesus within us shine in these areas of darkness. These conversations cannot be the end. There's got to be something after that. We are the light of the world because we belong to him who is the light of the world. What good is a light if it's covered? Well, good. Not many of us are either lighting candles or turning on lights and then going, oh, hold on, oh, let's, right? What, what good is that? It, do, it does us no good. What good is it if we have the light of Jesus in us and it never makes it out of this campus? What good would that do? We have the light of the world and if it just stops at these doors or in these gates, it's, what is the purpose of it? Some of you may be thinking, oh, hey, yeah, this sounds great. Let's go be light. But like, what, what does that actually look like? How do, I, how do I go be the light? We've got to understand that because the light that shines through us is not our own, we have to fight for intimacy with Jesus. Without it, we're lights that are covered or almost even worse, were lights that are leading others astray. 
while we fight for this intimacy, we really have to cling and rest to the truth of who Jesus is and what he has done. We have to understand, hey, there is nothing that we can do on our own to be this light. It's not us. It's him shining through us. It's what he did. Nothing good that you do is going to be enough. And there's a sense of that that we can go, oh, man. We can truly rest in knowing, man, it's what he did. It's what he has done. It's what he is doing. Not, not me. So before we move on to our third and our final observation, I want to take just a minute and I want you to try to process what the disciples and the crowds that are listening to Jesus in this moment are thinking. Right? This is not the cream of the crop. This is not the most well-known. This is not the A-listers. This is not your first round draft picks or second or third. This may not even be the free agents. But he tells them, that you are the light of the world. Not only are you the light of the world, but there is no other light. There's not one other light in this world. Jesus is that light alone. And as we are a beacon, we shine that light. Think about the weight that all of a sudden they're they're thinking, oh man, like this is great. Like what he's, Jesus is going, we got hallelujahs, amens going on. Woo, man, let's go. And then all of a sudden, it's just you. And there, that, there's nothing else. They're already living in a world that is broken, that's in a state of darkness. And they're looking, looking for a savior. And he says, you are the light of the world. And there's no other light. Not only that, but they're supposed to be a beacon for the world to see. That means that we're a beacon even for people that we don't agree with. Even people that are different than us, that have different opinions, whatever they may be. People that look different. It, it could be anything. We're supposed to be a beacon, no matter what. There's not a single person that Jesus can't use. Nobody is too far gone, and that's not just something that you say in church. To say that somebody is too far gone is to limit who Jesus says he is. You don't have to be the most popular or the most well-known. You don't have to have the most insane testimony about what God's done. You can be somebody that's not well-known, that's just been faithful. And Jesus can use you in an incredible way. Our third and our final observation for this morning is this. Our purpose as light is ultimately to bring glory to God. Our purpose as light is ultimately to bring glory to God. How many of you have ever been watching a movie? In, well, here, let's just stop there. I'm going to give you an example, try to give you a, a good picture here. Let's go out on a limb, and let's say that Pastor Tyler has decided that he's gonna just sit down and watch the entire Lord of the Rings trilogy, right? But on top of that, Pastor Jared has come along when he heard about this, and he's like, I bet you can't start at 8 p.m. 
Tyler's like, wait, yeah, I can. Do you know how many times I've watched this through? So after watching all of the extended editions, because you can't just watch the regular, right? That's over 11 hours of movies. Let's, let's keep that in mind, right? He starts at eight, 11 hours. Tyler's like, all right, we're done. It's already morning. I'm gonna go walk outside real quick. And Tyler goes to open the door and does one of these, right? It's like he's seen light for the first time, right? And the reality is each one of us knows somebody that does that or either exaggerates that really, really well, right? Whether it's turning on the light when you're in the room and it's like, oh my gosh, what is going on? Or you're trying not to hit something. You know exactly who that is and they may be sitting beside you, so. But I want you to just keep that in mind, right? That reaction to light as light almost for the first time that you're seeing it. As apprentices of Jesus, we have to understand that exposing darkness or the cause of the darkness or shining light on the darkness in someone's life that they may have a similar reaction. That doesn't mean that we should be offended or act shocked that this reaction is this way. The number of emotions that can come up when somebody is experiencing light, when darkness is exposed in their life, when sin is seen for what it is for the first time, can be really hard to take in. It's great for us as apprentices of Jesus as Christians to share the truth of the gospel and what God has done in our lives. How that light is shown though is extremely important. In the book, The Imperfect Pastor, author Zach Eswine makes a statement that I believe illustrates this extremely, extremely well. He says this, a flashlight shone directly into someone's eyes makes seeing harder, not easier. A flashlight misused can actually rob us of the light that is meant to be provided. A flashlight misused can actually rob us of the light that is meant to be provided. It's great to share the truth of the gospel, but if we're going out just beating people down with it, guys, we're, you're, we're turning them away. Unfortunately, there's a number of people that have experienced this flashlight shown directly in, directly in the eyes or they've seen the light transmitted in a way that does not bring God glory. In verse 16, Jesus says, let your light shine so that others may see your good works. And he doesn't stop there, right? It's not so that you get the credit. It's not so that I get the credit. It's not so the church gets the credit. He says, let your light shine so that others may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. If the glory of these good works, the recognition, the credit is not given to God, we're being a beacon that is not leading, to people, or not leading people to Jesus. The attention and the glory is to be directed to God and not ourselves. Someone in my life that does this extremely, extremely well is a guy named Marco. Some of you know Marco. 
And if you know Marco, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's like he, he walks into the room and it's just like, man, like his light, the light of Jesus is shining through him so much. Whether he and his wife, Sarah, were at the gym, Starbucks, coffee bean, one or the other, or whether they're at In-N-Out, right? Wherever that may be, the overflow of their relationship with Jesus showed everyone. It showed everybody, and it showed everywhere that they went. The number of times Marco and I had a conversation, and he'd be like, bro. He's like, I had another guy at the gym that I had the opportunity to share the gospel with. After like the third or fourth of these in a matter of like a week or two, I was like, are you like giving out like free protein shakes or supplements at the gym? Like, how are, how are you just automatically having these conversations that just seem to happen all the time? The reality is, is that people were seeing the beacon of light in Marco and Sarah's life. They were seeing the kindness, the grace, the selflessness, the love of Christ that's a beacon for the world around. And it makes everybody... What? Why? What's, what's different about you? Why are you that way? Right? People will see the difference that we're talking about. They're going to want to ask questions. They're going to want to know, why are you that way? Why do you deal with that situation with so much grace and peace? Those are often really cool moments, right, that we have the chance to listen first and then possibly have the, sh- the chance to share the gospel right after that. There are millions of people, millions, here in LA and around the world, people that are trying to figure out the purpose of life, right? Why, why do we exist? Why are we here on this planet? No matter how smart we may be, no matter how far we can push technology, no matter how many new things science comes up with, whatever it may be, that question still is the same, right? Why are we here? What, what is my purpose in being here? None of that is going to answer it. As apprentices of Jesus, being the light of the world, because we belong to him who is the light, we can speak absolute truth into those situations. Not with just like, oh, I think this is what it is, but we can do it with 100% certainty, with no doubt. The purpose of life is knowing Jesus and glorifying God. That, that's the purpose. Without the relationship with Jesus, people are constantly going to search to fill a void that can only be filled by one thing. Right, they will search and search and search and it, it, they'll never be filled. If we are created to give and bring God glory in everything that we do, if he loves us enough to send his son to pay the ultimate price of death on the cross for our sins, but not, he didn't stop there. Right? He rose on the third day. Death could not hold him. If he loves us enough to pursue us, 
and to desire to have a relationship with us. Not only in the future, we're not just talking about eternity, but we're talking about right here, right now, in this moment. Let us be light in darkness. Let us shine. Let us be a beacon to a world that desperately, desperately needs Jesus. Let us be a beacon of hope and love and grace. Let us bring glory to God and point our families, our communities, and the world around us to Jesus by the way that we love God and we love others. If you want to know more about what it means to be an apprentice of Jesus, we'd love to talk to you about it. What it means to have that personal relationship, to fill this void that can't seem to be filled by anything else. Come talk to one of our pastors, one of our elders. We'd love to just share with you the truth and the love and the freedom that comes from a relationship with Jesus. My prayer for L.A., Right, we, we live in the entertainment capital of the world. Right, the influence that comes from LA is seen everywhere. There's literally not a place on this planet that is not influenced by what happens here. How incredible would it be if the entertainment capital of the world became a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden because we're transmitting the light of Jesus that shines through us. Can you imagine? We have all these social media, all these different things that are influencing others everywhere. And it's coming from right here. But what if that was turned on itself and we actually used what is around us, right? The technology, all these new things. What if we used it in a way to glorify God and not bring attention to ourselves? Guys, LA can be that city set on a hill. We can be a light for the world that is broken and is hurting and is searching for a void that we know what fills it. There's one thing. It's that relationship with Jesus. So it's time. It's time for you. It's time for me. It's time for the rest of of us as Christians, as believers, as followers of Jesus to go and be the light. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for loving us enough to show up. Lord, thank you. Thank you for the price that you paid. Thank you for the fact that you rose on the third day. Lord, death could not keep you down. Lord, you love us enough to know us in this moment, to know us no matter the amount of brokenness and hurt and shame or guilt that we may be feeling. Lord, I pray that we would be a light for the world, be a light for our community, our families. Lord, let Jesus be seen because we shine for you. In your name we pray, amen.